it's incredible to have uh, this group here. You know, we created this show because, as I said earlier, we wanted to bring individuals together who typically wouldn't have the opportunity to sit down with one another because life gets busy. And, um, and I feel like this is, this, is, this is a really good group to do that. We'll talk about everything, right? See where the conversation goes, but it will be excellent. Um, Rodney, you got two PNG guys here. If they try to team up on you, we just I, got you, we I just got your back. I got your back. I got your back. Just send me a signal or something. Um, they, they look in shape. So just send me a signal and we'll, we'll, we'll keep it going. The show opens like this, however. Um, we do this thing called One's Gotta Go, right? I'm gonna say two names. And this is a tough one because I know I've, I've done a little research on all of you. And I know you guys are movie lovers, right? So this is a tough one. It's probably one of the toughest ones. I'm not gonna answer it intentionally, but I don't have to because I'm asking it. Um, if you think about the two individuals, I'm gonna say the names, their entire body of work has to go. Their movies don't exist, uh, their production, their director, none of that exists. Everything has to go and you can only keep one. So the two names are Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. <laughs> Very challenging. I know you're gonna struggle with this because I know you like Meet the Fuckers, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's that's the movie. Right? That's you're not gonna like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not the most uh, artsy movie. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, jump mm. in. So just to be clear here, yeah. you're, we're choosing one of you're the two. One, okay. one that gotcha. you choose is the one that stays, and the one that you don't choose is the one that you say, you know what, if I had to choose over these two bodies of work, that one has to go. So you got Scarface, uh, I mean, Casino. So a lot of the movies, Godfather. they were in together. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But like a lot, Heat. A lot Heat of is, I mean, obviously, yeah. Godfather. None of their acting careers compete with your acting career. Well, sure. We're going to talk Certainly. about that. Certainly. We're going to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. No yellow duck puppets. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, we'll get to it. We'll get De Niro's to it. come close in his more recent movies. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Mm. Love, you want to go? Ladies first. Mm. I'm going to say, if I had to pick, uh, I'm going to go with Robert De Niro's. Has to go. Has to stay. Has to stay. And why? Yeah. Um, I just think I like his work. I okay. think, you know, he's a good actor. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. You, you gonna keep it safe? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Robert De Niro. Yeah. Has to stay. Yeah, has to stay. Okay. Has to stay. Al can go. Okay. Yeah. Well, for, for the... Interest of diversity, I'll, I'll keep Pacino. Um, you know, the, the more recent De Niro acting decisions have been a little suspect, <laughs> if I can speak ill of a legend. Mm -hmm. The one where he was boxing with Stallone, yeah, do you remember that? Not or, okay. or Bad Grandpa with Zac, <laughs> Zac Efron. I, I, I probably am embarrassing myself by knowing his more recent IMDB, but I, I think like that's, that's tough. Really you, you're into that? Yeah. Well, we I'm know you're too. a Meet the Fockers guy, so that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is consistent up. with that oeuvre. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, uh, but so Pacino stays. Pacino stays. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. hard one not to get rid of. Yeah. 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 De Niro. I mean, the v variety of his work right. yeah. is just amazing. So De Niro yeah. stays. Stays. Okay. Right. And he's funny. Okay. Right, right. And right. It, you know, and my objective when I go see a movie is I want to feel better at the end of the movie than the beginning of the movie. <laughs> that's that's my only objective. That's mm -hmm. true. That's true. And for for me, that's. That's Which it. Was funny, but unintentionally so. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> screaming at people. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's an amazing actor. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he doesn't. He doesn't make me. It's way too too serious for for me. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. But I it's think a tough choice. Woman is hilarious, but yeah. Woman. No. <laughs> okay. Two incredible bodies of work. I mean, I, the reality is, is that um, we enjoy them both, but. If I had to choose, and I said I wouldn't, Pacino stays. It's just some of the films that he were a part of, I just can't let go of. Um, it's Scarface. I don't know why I was You're watching Scarface, Scarface when I was 11, but I was, <laughs> and uh, here we are. So, um, Wait, Pacino. let's revisit that. You were 11 oh, you when know, you watched look, Scarface? Yeah, you know. After that, we don't, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to revisit it. <laughs> you don't have to, my mom, watch, my mom watches the show. My mother watches the show, we don't have to revisit it. Um, Tell us about Blue Car. Oh my gosh. Come on. You really have done some Google yeah, research Yeah, tell us here. about Blue Car. <laughs> so Blue I Car do, is a movie though. I am proud that I do have an IMDB page. Oh. Um, for a while I was in SAG. So here's the story. Uh, I was uh, an English student, um, well, in my English class in my high school. Uh, my teacher said, oh, they're shooting an independent film nearby and they're looking for extras. Would you guys like to be in a movie? And so, yeah, of course. So we went down to the the uh, movie set, assuming we would be extras. It was a small budget film. And so the person who was supposed to play the part that I eventually got was sick and they couldn't delay production. So they had emergency castings of all the extras. And I was the least worst extra <laughs> as it relates to acting. So I got the parts, boy in class. It was my job to make fun of the, the, main, actor, the main actress. Uh, in the class, and um, I had two scenes and seven lines. I got like 75 cents in royalties and residuals for a few years. Um, you know, it's not a great movie, to be honest. It's uh, about a teacher who has an inappropriate relationship with one of his students. So I was like so excited to be in the movie. And then I, like, I go with my mom for the, the opening night in, in Dayton, and she's like covering my eyes half the time. It's like inappropriate. Uh, and like, you know, with your mom, it was, anyway, yeah. I'm unpacking too much, but yeah. yeah. Thanks for opening that up. I yeah, appreciate no, absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so did I you tell your mom, you know, you know more than she thinks she realizes you already know. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. But I'm say that now. Right. But, but yeah, I, uh, I still have the IMDB page and yeah, very proud of my very brief acting career. Although some think that that's what set me off into politics. So, uh, cause apparently politics is for. Uh, ugly people who can't act. Right? <laughs> oh my goodness, this is hilarious. Um, all right, changing topics a little bit. Tell us about Sweet Maze. I, I, I know a lot, right? I want the world to know a lot. Uh, not that the world watches the show, but they will. Um, but tell us about the company, how you guys came up with the concept. I want to hear about. I want to hear the ice cream story first and how it how it went through. Yeah. But um, I think I think these two would find that fascinating. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so um, Sweet Maze has gone through years of iteration. I was um, telling Rodney here earlier that, 
you know, we, it took a year, so um, we developed, we are now with Stuffed Cookies. It's a premium stuffed cookie line, but we started with ice cream. Um, it was ice cream for almost, wow. yeah, like two or three years. And, um, you know, we realized after going through tons of rabbit holes that ice cream just wasn't it. And um, ultimately, like, I'm a foodie. I love to bake. My family bakes, you know, Sweet Maze dates back to my great-grandmother who baked. Passed that love down to my grandmother, and I grew up in the kitchen with my grandmother. So ultimately, you know, after we kind of went through some ideas, Drew was like, why don't you do what you love? It's baking. You know, I don't really think you're that passionate about ice cream. So I was like, okay. So um, we eventually got to the stuffed cookie idea. And one thing that's never changed, though, about the line is that it's always been Southern. It was always going to be Southern flavors. It was always going to pay homage to my family and being in the, from the South. So um, that's how we started with ice cream and got to stuffed cookies. Now, Drew's back now. I remember when you, when, you, when you first met, he was picking up weight at an alarming rate. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Because he's always been a workout buff. Yeah. And he's, he was living right. on the banks. And he's like, yeah. I'm, I'm, and the first time I met you, you guys were leaving getting yogurt. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, Drew yeah, wouldn't yeah. eat yogurt, right? He eats, uh, I don't know, real healthy snacks. But uh, whatever. <laughs> Drew, you got any ads, Sweet Maze? I know you've yeah. been incredibly supportive of this. Yeah, since the yeah, beginning. definitely. And I think that story is awesome about yeah, Bake. I would say through the evolution of, of Sweet Maze, like Tiff has maintained her passion and her, I guess I would say her, her focus on what she loves. You know, David talked about really around unlocking people's superpower. And I really feel like Tiffany's All superpower. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk, you know, Tiffany really, her superpower is her passion for baking and food, right? right? With Pursuit of Delights as well that she didn't plug, I also plugged that as well. <laughs> um, they're her and her travel partner, Tiffany, uh, her business partner, Tiffany, you know, they have that page which they promote, you know, food, everything within Cincinnati, even outside of Cincinnati travel. Um, so it just maintained the true to her. So it's, it's not like she's doing work every day. It's, it's really, it's her passion something that she enjoys. So me just being a supportive husband, I love cookies, I love sweets. You know, so I try to keep it off a little bit as much as I can. I ride the Peloton every now and then and run, but uh, our two year old chasing her around, Robin, so, so yeah. Drew, your point about your superpower, I think really does come from what you're passionate about. Yep, yep, yep. And to me, you can always tell when somebody's passionate about something. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which, because it's not work. And yeah. when it's not work, you just do that little extra. Absolutely. And the little extra shows up in, you know, ways that you don't expect. Right. Well, you certainly have to be passionate about a small business like that. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm sure it's been, uh, it's been a, a challenging road. It sounded like it's taken a lot of years to conceive of the idea and then launch it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been work. Um, it hasn't been easy. You know, we have late, you know, late hours. There's some nights where I'll go to the kitchen and we're at Finley Kitchen. So um, I'll go and I'll make stuff, you know, prep, and then he'll go in, you know, nine, 10 o'clock and stay till one or two in the morning and bake to help out. I mean, there's, we don't do it often, but we have had our kids there um, late. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely a- Labor, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely a, you know, a labor of love, but yeah. I wouldn't trade it. I'm passionate yeah. about what yeah. I do and, you know, yeah. bringing our cookies to the world. Does, and, I mean, did, can he bake? Is this a, actually a team? Yeah, he's actually yeah. really good. Yeah, what do you man think? Does he, does he just put it in the oven, or does he do all, something a little more complicated? <laughs> the manual labor is probably where I, I can say I'm a master at that. But no, she's she's the guru behind the recipe. So no, you do good with baking. I mean, you do have to go with. She tells me what time I need to put it on. Yeah, right, right, right. I appreciate it, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
I know. Do, do you enjoy uh, content around baking? I'm a big British Bake Off fan, the, oh, okay. uh, the reality show. Do you watch baking on TV or is it like, I can't, I can't deal with baking I, anymore? I used to, and I used to be hooked to Food Network channel, yeah. like all the yes. shows, Cake Wars, Cupcake Wars, all of that. I mean, we watch that nonstop. Right. But I'll be honest, now that the business has taken off, I don't have time to watch that much <laughs> <At> TV. <all. laughs> Rodney, as, uh, as, as small businesses are engaging with Kroger, how, how big is the passion play about working with passionate entrepreneurs and founders and creatives on their solutions and the things that they want to bring to the Kroger family of companies? Well, for, for us, it's incredibly important. And we also have a, a private equity fund that we are partners on. But you know, for us, it really is about the customer. Sure. So what is it the customer wants? And then, you know, we, we test a lot and the customer, you know, if they keep buying it, then we expand it. And, you know, I think about Grader's ice cream. Uh, we were able to help Grader's build a new plant by committing to take it to 600 stores in places other than Cincinnati. Wow. And they earned the right to keep it in the store because it's an amazing product. Amazing. And they were able to uh, convince our customers that it's an amazing product because you got to get somebody to eat it. Yep. Um, and you know it's it's one of those things where it just feeds itself, um, but it really gets down to the customer and what does the customer uh, love, yep. and then uh, how do you figure out a way to get them to try it? Because you know one of the things we found during COVID is people have premiumized their purchases. Oh yeah, and you know that's one of those things where it's a long-term trend, because once you try something incredibly good, you're not going to go back. Mm. And you know, I think about my wife and I when we make mac macaroni and cheese, mac yep. and cheese. Uh, we go to Murray's to get our cheese now. You know, to go back what mac and cheese was out of the craft box mm -hmm. when I was growing up, not, not likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, t to me, it's really about we love food, we love products, and how do you get customers to see it and understand yeah. it, fall in yeah. love with it? You talked about growing up. And you grew up in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Pikeville? Yeah. Uh, well, I was born in Pineville. Born in Pineville. Yeah. Yeah. And raised where? Um, if you draw a hundred mile circle around Cincinnati, yeah. I've lived most of my life within a hundred mile circle, okay. but my parents moved around a lot. Okay. And I graduated from high school in Kentucky and I graduated from the University of Kentucky. Now, is this true that you were a part-time clerk? Yes. At Kroger? Yeah, in high school. So it started between high school and college. And you've always been at Kroger? Oh, oh, never left the company? Never left the company. Wow. Yeah, and I always tell people I went to college on a Kroger scholarship. And wow. people go, I didn't know they had scholarships. <laughs> well, we didn't back yeah. then. I just worked 32 hours a week to right get on. it. <laughs> to pay for school. Yeah. University of Kentucky, right? Yep. I mean, talk about that a little bit. I do want to dig in there. I mean, from clerk to CEO of one of the largest food companies in the world. I mean, how does that, the valleys and peaks of that had to have been tremendous? Yeah, I'm gonna broaden the question just slightly. Sure, please. My, my grandfather couldn't read or write. And um, my, I remember when my grandmother died and we had to go record the will and stuff, I was a witness to the ex. But my grandfather was always incredibly aggressive about get an education because no one can take it away from you. I mean, it was just like every time I would see him, he said that. So for me, my parents and me personally, 
you know, getting an education, I just think an education unlocks anything in the world. And, um, you know, and it opens up the world. So for, for me, originally working at Kroger was a way for me to get an education. Now the thing that I fell in love with at Kroger is they give you a ton of responsibilities early, because you know, I was closing the store on a Saturday night and opening on a Sunday morning when I was 19 years old. Wow. And Kroger has never ever judged what I could do by my age. Now it's easy at this point, but you know, when you're 24 years old or 23 years old and you have 25 people that report to you, you know, that's a, a ton of responsibility that you learn a lot. Yep. And in 1988, when I was uh, 27 years old, KKR tried to take the company over mm -hmm. and uh, we ended up doing a public leverage buyout. So in essence, we levered up a ton. Um, the board, I got to know the board. I did a lot of the financial modeling, got to know the CEO and yep. CFO. And no one ever said, well, you're 27 years old. What are you, what, how do I trust you? There's power in that, right? Yeah. yeah. So you fall in love with people. You fall in love with when people give you responsibility and trust you. And the other benefit for us is we have food. And, yep. you know, Tiffany's comment about passion about food, I mean, I don't know how you stay that thin, but uh, you know I'm impressed. But you know, for me, food is—you know—there's nothing like sharing a meal with people you like. Sure. And I find even a lot of times when you don't know people and you share a meal, you get to know them and you find out you have a lot more in common than you realize. Breaking bread. Yeah. Absolutely. That's—I that's, didn't realize that story. That's—that's that's amazing. That's incredible. What, what would your? So how old were you when you were a part-time clerk? Seventeen is when I started. So what would a what would the seventeen-year-old Rodney? say to the CEO of Kroger? Yeah. Like what, what would he want the, the CEO to know? To, to me it's um, don't always um, give responsibility to anybody. I mean, I, you know, I don't think, I mean, I can remember working in a store scheduling extra hours to try to sell fruit baskets. Right. Right. Because I thought we could sell them. <laughs> I mean, right. and you're held accountable for the hours and you're accountable for the sales. Right. So, you know, what the heck, give it a try. Yeah. Um, so to, to me, it's really trusting, but trusting people, but making sure they understand what's expected as well. Right. Yeah. Expectation. That's yeah. fascinating. But what's uh, feedback is always important. Yeah, it yeah. is. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You're big on feedback. I'm oh, not absolutely. About you. you are, you're really big on feedback, and I, I appreciate that. Was politics always in the play? I mean, you spent yeah. time in corporate. I mean, I mean, what, what, how, did that, how did that come about? Right? No, not really. I mean, so I think my parents, despite their best efforts to ensure I went to med school, uh, were always kind of subliminal, uh, subliminally pushing me towards public service. So my, you know, immigrants, uh, my parents are immigrants and immigrants in this country just have to work incredibly hard you know, it's so interesting. What your grandfather told you is exactly what my immigrant parents told me. It's all about education because they can't take education away from you. I still don't know who these they people are that's, you know, coming to grab things from me. But anyway, uh, uh, so there was just this incredible focus on on education and priority, uh, prioritizing my studies. 
Um, but because my parents worked so hard, quality time with them was, was few and far between. But every uh, evening, I spent time with my father while watching the, while he watched the evening news with Peter Jennings uh, yeah. on ABC. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, through that experience, I, I learned about the importance of news and current events and politics, but it was really just a great time to hang out with my dad and ask him questions. Um, and then my mom's a refugee. She's born in Tibet and had to, f had to flee when the, when the communists took over. And so there was always this, this uh, seriousness about uh, your civic responsibility about educating yourself about voting. And so despite the fact that they genuinely pushed me towards science and becoming a doctor, politics was always kind of a passion of mine, but I never thought that, quite frankly, a, a brown guy named Aftab could have a future in politics anywhere, much less Ohio. Um, and President Obama really inspired me that no matter what your name is or, or what you look like, if you're committed and passionate about public service, you can have an opportunity to serve. It's incredible. I mean, seriously, I mean, we talk all the time, but how does it feel? You are going to be the next mayor of the city I love the most, right? How does that feel? It's, it's surreal. Mm -hmm. um, it's incredibly exciting, uh, invigorating. I've got just so much energy to start and, and start strong, but it's also intimidating. I mean, being mayor, particularly right now with, with the pandemic, with uh, police community relations across the country, with the budgetary challenges that we're facing, it's a really, really challenging time. And so the, you know, it, it's intimidating. I have a, a great deal of respect for the responsibility and the opportunity, uh, but I am just incredibly excited to, to start. And, and there's just so much optimism about the future in the city, despite the challenges with the new council, with, the, with, with me coming in as a new mayor, um, I think there's great expectations, but also a lot of energy and, and support for our agenda. No, we're excited for you, man. That's, that's a fact. Drew and Tiff, let me ask you guys a question. The, the food industry, I mean, restaurants right. took a dive during yep. the pandemic. You guys don't have a restaurant, but what, what effects did you guys feel on the business, if any? during that time. I always wondered yeah. about the package, good service. I mean, was it logistics? Yeah. What was it? I mean, yeah, I guess you can kind of say as we were talking about growing and expanding, you know, Sweet Maze, right? As we wanted to get into retail stores, we were looking for co-packers and those co-packers are the folks that will eventually make our product for us. And as we were going around the local area, trying to understand like who can do this for us, you know, people would say, uh, I really don't have the workers because my people are leaving or I can't keep people working because either they just don't want to or family reasons, right? So I think that really impacted our growth, which allowed us to then double down and focus on our marketing and making sure that we were improving our product overall. So I feel like the recipe got much better, our efficiency in production got much better. I think all of those things kind of checked it off and then we, we had a plan and we were able to focus Okay, where, where do we want to execute? So, okay, we have a, we want to upscale. So let's go to the commercial kitchen. Let's make sure that we can make it in a larger scale, right? Make sure the recipe, everything's there. And then from there it was, okay, can we get into retail stores? So you start reaching out, 
you know, Myers gave an opportunity for us, um, you know, other stores as well. Um, so then it was, okay, well now how do we try to get that co-packers? That's one of the challenges. And actually today, Tiffany just had a conversation with, with, with a group so they can support us. So I think we've had that evolution and, and then go through that struggle and those obstacles, but we've learned from it, so. That's the key. Yeah. I mean, uh, the pandemic put me in sort of a, just a creative over, I mean, I was going insane in mm -hmm. regards to creating things and maybe some things were on the shelf already, but I mean, we, you know, uh, me and my team, we launched three or four new companies or initiatives right. during that time right, period. Right. Did you guys feel that? Did you go into the pandemic with, we have these, what came out of that from a create? I mean, we have a, more flavors now than I learned <laughs> up last right, time. Right, right. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I'm, I think I'm gonna open this. <laughs> I'll let Tim answer that question. <laughs> I think for me, um, the pandemic really gave me discipline. Um, I felt like because it took so long to get here, you know, I think it was I'd get to a point, then I'd get nervous and find, you know, whatever reason to kind of backtrack. And then Drew was like, I mean, what are we waiting on? So I finally I saw a meme and it was like um, during the pandemic, if you don't start your, you know, passion, your business, your side hustle, whatever it is that you want to do, you don't lack time, you like discipline. And I was like, you know, they're right. And I mean, he'll tell you, I think like within the next week I was in the kitchen on overdrive and I developed our first 10 flavors within about um, a little over a month, a month and mm. two weeks. But I mean, it was days that I would like get up at four o'clock in the morning, work all day, you know, tend to the kids, you know, whenever they needed something, go to bed like 10, 11 o'clock and then do the same thing. And some mornings, like if I had, if I was super close to figuring something out, but couldn't get it, I'd wake up at two o'clock in the morning, like I figured it out. And he's like, what? And yeah. I'd hop up and run downstairs and I'd be up all, yeah. wow. you know? So, I mean, it's, yeah, it definitely, you know, for me it was discipline, so. Yeah. And that all started because of a meme? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because wow. That is like, I think I mean, you got to think about it. It was, it. It was almost set six in. years yeah. just about. Positive yeah. influence of social media. I, yeah. fi I finally found one. Right. That's amazing. Because <laughs> of a meme. That's great. Yeah. That's hilarious. Right. What's, the, what's the best uh, best selling flavor? Probably sea salt chocolate chunk. Yeah. So mm. it's our uh, uh, vanilla brown butter base uh, mixed with chocolate, chi or chocolate chunk stuffed with Nutella topped with sea salt. Wow. So, yeah, I think wow. you can't go wrong with chocolate chip. That I think that's good. probably a universal favorite. Yeah. It's an entire box of cookies here, so I right. think we'll be... We'll be <laughs> I mean, we'll we've be been dancing that. around this subject, but Rico, the fundamental question I have is, can you trust a baker that is skinny? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... We do all the Peloton to be Yeah, bakers. I mean, yeah. you must be yeah, on the Peloton while you're baking. <laughs> <laughs> This is a 90-hour, 90-minute uh, ride. Yeah. They work Several out, of that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's for sure. At least trying to get it. twice a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just about sometimes. Tab, you made a statement this morning, um, and I've, I've never heard you say it this way, and I appreciated it. And you said one of your primary goals as mayor is to make Cincinnati just a better place for black people. Mm -hmm. yep. Literally said it that way. How, how important is... Um, entrepreneurship and developing black wealth um, critical. In, in that, yeah. It's critical. Yeah, I, Rico and I this morning were at uh, a task force I put together to talk about racial equity and, and economic development, and I, I really view them as hand in glove in order to grow our city. And, and what I said was, I'm focused on growing our city and improving the lives of black people. Uh, and in order to do that, we have to create a pipeline of black wealth and grow the black middle class. 
Um, and at the table was uh, former Senator Eric Kearney, who's the executive director of the African-American Chamber. And what he said was a vast majority of black owned businesses in Cincinnati and our region are one or two people. So they're not just small businesses, they are micro small businesses. But at the same time, the very backbone of our regional economy uh, is small to medium sized businesses. So there is, uh, there is a critical need to catalyze and support those black businesses in order to, to create the wealth not just for the black community, but for the larger region. Because unless Cincinnati is growing, growing our tax base, growing our skyline, growing our population, uh, we won't have the resources necessary to do the, the great big things that we have to do. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, and there were some incredible ideas thrown on the table from that. Kroger is doing a lot of work revolved around um, equity and inclusion, um, internally and externally. Talk about that a little bit, Rodney. Well, if you look, I'm super proud of all the things that we've done. You know, we've been a member of the billion dollar round table since it was created. But one of the things that we decided as a group last year is that we still could do a lot more. And, uh, you know, I always say respect the past, create the future. And uh, Monica Garns, who's president of our Fry's division, uh, agreed to head up a team for us to really say what, what is more. And one of those commitments that we've made is going from over $4 billion of purchasing from uh, you know, minority-owned businesses, you know, black, Asian, women-owned businesses to $10 billion. And you know, for us, it's one of the ways how we can create leverage. Because you know, one of the things that I think is always important uh, to create broad wealth is how do you do businesses that can be scaled? Um, now, it's fine on an entrepreneur that's got one niche and you know, people always say if you're in the restaurant business, your hardest restaurant, you're your second one. Mm. The first one actually is pretty easy sure. because it's got your passion right there every day. And for, for us, we're able to use that scale uh, just to you know, create something that's totally different. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, for us, it's one of the things that's so cool about working for a company with you know, 500,000 associates and do 130 billion of business every year and things like that yep. is uh, everything you find you could, you're able to do at scale when it works. Yep. Well, the other thing cool about working for Kroger is the CEO wears incredible sneakers. Yeah. yeah well, and, uh, Rico, you helped me out here. And, uh, and, uh, and you got some sneaker guys here, and you are competing, <laughs> my friend, uh, dramatically. So. And um, I have a lot of Vans shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Some of which I've designed. I got, I got a hint to buy your Vans, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You were definitely getting Nikes at first. And, uh, yeah, that, that would and, uh, yeah. It wouldn't yeah, have been. Vans are much over. better. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tiff, I want to ask you this question. Um, and this has been a talk that I've been having with several founders and entrepreneurs um, around the city and elsewhere. Um, there's um, sort of a shift and not really promoting that we are a black-owned business. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that is um, a mistake? Or how do you feel about that, putting yourself in the front of that brand and saying, hey, we are a black-owned business? Um, what are your thoughts on that? 
I mean, I think I get it. Um, I think sometimes as the black community, we don't give ourselves enough credit and we kind of retract because even some, I mean, I do it myself, you know, I'll be writing something and, you know, I might say minority or I might injuries like, no, you're black, we're black, you know, and woman like, and I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, you know. So, I mean, I get it. I just think it's, you know, I don't know why um, I think I think some of it too is maybe what people may think as far as like, okay, if I say black or, you know, that putting it out there too much, which I mean, we should be proud of it and, you know, take sure. heed to it. But I think still naturally you think about it as far as like, okay, well, is this gonna, you know, reflect or how is that, you know, how are people gonna view my business? Right, like, do I get the same level of respect yeah. if I just say I'm minority? And I tell her all the time. Or just a business. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, right, or just a business. And I tell her, no, you're black and be proud of that. Yep. And, you know, I feel like we, we've grown and we had a lot of support, not from our family, but also community, our friends um, that have helped us, you know, watched us grow, you know, um, to where we are now. So we credit all that success to our, our community, Love and that. our family and background, so, yeah. And you guys have a community-based product, right? right. You talked right. about this a little, if, the, if, if customers don't want it, yeah. the company doesn't do well, right? right. right. Um, Absolutely. That's awesome. I, I, I met your mom. Uh-oh. You know that, right? I, was, uh, I went up to see the Chappelle show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she has a Her shop. Yep. She has a shop. And uh, we went in and bought a bunch of stuff. And uh, it's a really awesome, awesome place. And I didn't know it was your mother when I went. And we end up telling you about going up and having that experience. You're like, that's my mom's place. Uh, how, long, how long has she been an entrepreneur? Oh, she's been an uh, she's been an entrepreneur her entire life. I mean, she's she's just always been hustling. My my dad had you know more of I would say a, a steady job throughout uh, my childhood, but my mom's always been opening small businesses or trying to um, you know try new things. And and that entrepreneurial spirit I see in myself, particularly because look, politics when you're when you're running for office, uh, your campaign is is a, is very much. Uh, a small business, a startup, uh, that entrepreneurial spirit, I really see that through line in my career as yeah. well. I love yeah. that. I love that. It shows. Yeah, when you, if, you, if you go back, tell her you're a friend of mine and she will not give you a discount. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. She's very shrewd. That's hilarious. Rico, I thought you were going to ask Aftab for the discount. I didn't get it. I certainly was. That's the name. I certainly was. I certainly was. Absolutely. Um, where can people find Sweet Maze at? So we're at UTC um, Produce and Finley Market, um, awesome. as well as online, um, sweetmayscookies.com, as well as we're in Myers Rivertown Market in Detroit, Michigan. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. That's incredible. Thank you. That's incredible. Where can people find the sweater at? <laughs> I was just <laughs> Well, I'm not going to even mention it. I can't put the source out there. But, Most uh, fashionable couple, uh, couple that I know. Tell them to DM me, DM me. Absolutely. And Drew B. DM me. DM me. Um, no free ads. Right. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This has been incredible. Um, just a great conversation with you guys. I, I talk to all of you individually quite a bit. Rodney, I've been on more stages in the last two years than, I mean, than we didn't even know each other. Right. And, you know, big brothers, big sisters. Yes. I mean, you know, you did an incredible job hosting it. But, uh, you know, to me, that is our future. Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. What Kathy and that group does uh, with such a lean team is oh. absolutely mm -hmm. phenomenal. So shout out to big brother, big sisters and 
and all the work that, and I got invited back and uh, Barbara Turner told me I had to wear a better suit than last year. So I got to figure something out because I brought out my best uh, for last year. So we'll, I'll consult with Drew. I will not have that sweater on, however. Uh, Drew would be a good person to consult with. Aftab wouldn't be too bad. Absolutely, Aftab, yeah, absolutely, for sure. We are certainly getting a fashionable mayor, so excited about that. Thank you for joining us. This has been absolutely phenomenal. Awesome. And Thank um, thanks for having us. Man. With thanks that, for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Rika. Thanks. Thank you.